Live from Utrecht, this is the Van William Shorsnado. Hello. Hey Shors. What's up? We got a market cap all time high that you celebrate. Uh, no, I did not because it's just dilution. What do you mean? I mean, somebody's making more Bitcoin. So it's fun that the market cap goes up, but it doesn't matter unless you... It doesn't benefit you personally. That's that's the only thing you're concerned about. Exactly. I'm very <laughs> selfish. Got it. Shors, we're making a follow-up episode this time. That's right. I think this is our first follow-up episode. It's very possible. Possibly. But everything is connected. Very true. Last week, we discussed eclipse attacks. And this week, we're going to discuss another type of eclipse attack. Yeah. Last week, we discussed a paper by Ethan Heilman and all. And this week, we're discussing a paper by... People whose name I unfortunately cannot pronounce, but from the University of Singapore, from Korea University, and from the Japan Advanced Institute of Science and Technology. And what's published the, quite a few years later than the previous paper. Yes, and what's the paper? What's the name of the paper? What's it called? What are we discussing exactly? We are discussing the Erebus attack. That's or Erebus attack or Erebus attack. I have no idea how to pronounce it. Let's recap eclipse attacks very briefly. Yeah. You go for it. So if you're a node and you think you're talking to the rest of the Bitcoin network, it may actually be just a single entity that is pretending to be all the other nodes that you're talking to. And so that node is eclipsing your view of the Bitcoin network. Yeah, so yeah. that node could potentially shield transactions or blocks from you, maybe even create fake blocks or blocks that's, that are not included in the longest blockchain. Exactly. Not fake blocks, but definitely blocks that are not in the longest chain. So you might think you've seen something confirmed and then suddenly there's a reorg that you didn't know about. That's fake in my book, yours. Well, fake would be I categorize like those. false signatures because you're still checking all the proof of work and all the rules. In my book, it's fake, Shorts. Okay, and Roblox <laughs> Bitcoin cash blocks are real or? These are very fake. Okay. So one of the solutions, uh, so for those who want more details, just listen to our previous episode, the one we did last week. One of the solutions we discussed are like IP buckets where you categorize other nodes in different buckets with IPs that suggest they are behind different ISPs. Right, right. That's been in there from the beginning, these IP buckets, but that is one of the general defenses against Eclipse attacks. So you look at the, you know, the four-digit, four-number IP address, and you look at the first two numbers, and, and usually you assume that's going to be different internet providers. So if you have some diversity there, that's good. And there's a bunch of other things that were done to, to make the original attacks more difficult. Right. So, but this paper, the one we're discussing this week, actually introduced proposed i don't know what the right word is to use here revealed revealed a new type of eclipse attack that's right so basically one where you can fake a lot of those initial ip addresses rather than just one or two right i think you described it as with this eclipse attack because it is take two you already described it in other words. You said this is like faking the internet. It's like faking the internet, or it's faking part of the internet. You're faking part of the internet for one specific node. Yes. So, sure, what is the internet? What is the internet? <laughs> well, the I internet think to understand this attack, we need to understand the it's internet. A, it's, it's a group of computers. It'll, it has an amazing potential. Well, basically, the internet... It's going to be very big one day, maybe. Yeah, the internet consists of building blocks, and those are called autonomous systems. And an autonomous system could be an internet provider, it could be Google. Usually it's it's one legal entity and it owns a whole bunch of IP addresses. And when you send something from one place on the internet to another place of the internet, the package goes from one autonomous system to the next autonomous system to the next autonomous system, so from your provider to Google to some other place on the internet. Right. So 
if I am a node and I want to connect to a diverse part of the internet, I want to, how do I say this? Right? I want to connect to nodes on diverse areas of the internet. Yes. Then surely if I connect to nodes in different autonomous systems, then all my problems are solved. Well, that would definitely be an, a big improvement over just connecting to different IP prefixes, right? Because Amazon has a lot of them, but you're not really there yet. And that's where the faking the internet comes in. Mm. Because when your package goes from your autonomous system to the next autonomous system to the next one, you don't know what's happening after the first step. So the, the first autonomous system in line can actually fake everything behind it. So right. So it's one autonomous system could be like a bottleneck for a whole part of the internet behind it. Correct. So can you, can you give an example of this? Yeah. So if we look at it geographically, it's a slight oversimplification. But if you if you're in Europe and you want to connect to New Zealand, then it's going to go through Australia, and so Australia can basically fake anything going to and coming from New Zealand. Not entirely true because I think there's another cable, but let's pretend there isn't. Yeah, we're simplifying simplifying a bit. So there are bottlenecks, and right. then and we could say Indonesia could be faking everything that's happening in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. So let's say, for example, that I am a node. I'm still a node, and I want to connect to diverse parts of the internet. So I'm going to pick Indonesia and Australia and New Zealand because they're very different parts of the internet. But then, actually, Actually, the, you might the, only be connected to some evil person in Indonesia that's, that's yes, fooling you. That's acting as a bottleneck for the other parts and that's faking the other parts. So right. then I'm still susceptible to a eclipse attack by the Indonesian guy. Yes. Well, of course, not some random Indonesian guy. It would have to be whoever is in control of the Indonesian internet. Which in Indonesia is probably some random guy. It's very possible. I may be insulting our well, Indonesian listeners now. It's also important to understand that the internet isn't very geographical in that sense. So, for example, there's a you know a cable company in the Netherlands called Ziggo, and if you look at how the internet is constructed from there, the Netherlands Ziggo and the UK Ziggo and the Austrian Ziggo are all behind the same thing called Aorta, whereas the Dutch KPN is not. So in a sense, Dutch and English and Austrian Zigo customers are less diverse than Dutch and Dutch KPN and Zigo customers that might be living right next to each other. Right. Interesting. So anyways, I'm a node. I think I'm being smart. I'm connecting to different parts of the internet, different autonomous systems, but then actually I can still be tricked. Yeah. Sure. How can we possibly know where all of these bottlenecks are? Well, first of all, I think we should recap a little bit that how this attack would work because just faking it is not enough. You need to do the same thing as we explained in the previous episode. So you need to make sure that the person, the node you're attacking is only going to connect to parts of the internet that are behind you. Mm -hmm. So, But the, the nice thing is that rather than only giving it your IP address and IP addresses you control, you can give that victim node IP addresses from all over the world. So a much more diverse seeming range of IP addresses. Right. But the rest of the attack works the same. So you spam them, you wait for them to connect only to you yeah. or to things that are behind you, quote unquote. And then maybe you reset them, you know, if you can get them to crash, but or you just wait. Yeah, we took all of these precautions that we described last week, but then now our smart random Indonesian guy, attacker, he's aware of all of these solutions so he can still trick us. Yeah, because he can fake a much larger chunk of the internet this time. 
So then the question is that you ask is what can we do about it? Bottlenecks, where are they? How do we know? Yeah. So the nice thing is there's no official map of the internet. But the internet is a very decentralized thing. Everybody kind of plugs in on their end of the world. But there are people who are trying to make these maps. And in particular, there's an organization called RIPE, or I-A-I-P-E. I don't know how they prefer to be pronounced. Mm-hmm. And they coordinate the internet in Europe, Middle East, and the former Soviet Union. Who, who, or, what are, who or what are they? Is it, is it like a non-profit, or how should I think about this? I think there's some sort of unofficial, uh, official internet owning non-profit i mean they're the internet what do, what people do you mean by non-profit right there they're, they're i don't people. know i'm just asking questions because i have no idea what ripe is yeah neither do i okay internet people they're they're making the map for us exactly nice well so so they, they do all sorts of useful things and one of the projects they do is making maps so and basically the way they do that is they have a bunch of very large autonomous systems that are sort of connecting to lots of lots of different providers mm-hmm. all over the world. And they ask them to basically ping everything on the internet mm. and construct routing tables to that point. So they, they keep track of where the packages go and how they come back. Right. And then they publish that. Basically every month there's like a giant file that you can download that says, okay, this is the way from me to this place. This is the way from, the, from me to this other place. And yeah, everybody can download that and play with that. So it's like an unofficial roadmap for the internet, which they're making. Exactly. Which has got colorful lines and map of the world and is that how I should see it? Yeah, exactly. But it's not a complete map, right? It's just a map from those vantage points. So from like 20 different places, you can see thousands of other different places. So like Europe and Eurasia, is that what you mentioned? Well, again, it's not... Or they're this, making it for the entire world. Yeah, no. What, what are the event, this these vantage places? This organization works for Europe and et cetera, but they're doing this for the whole world. So they are mapping from South America and from Australia and from Singapore and from the Netherlands and from all these places. Right. So this is a big map. This is like a couple gigabytes. Yes. So you start your Bitcoin node and you download a couple gigabytes. Right, because we like downloading <laughs> gigabytes and then you process it. No. Thankfully, there is another project actually can download this map for you called ASMAP RS, mm-hmm. uh, done by Glenn Nomenko and someone whose first name I don't know, called Rubarsik. Mm-hmm. And what they do is two things. One, they, they download this map, mm-hmm. and the other is they process the map. Because now you have all these routes on the internet, but the question you really want to ask is, where are the shadows, or where are the bottlenecks, put a different way. And so what it does is it, it looks at all the lines from A to B, and it says, okay, if there's a a line from A to B to C, and there's a line from E to B to C, then you say, well, all lines go to C, they all go to B. Or in the example we gave before, all routes to New Zealand all go through Indonesia. So what we're going to do is we're going to consider, we're going to consider that as if it is Indonesia. So it's a way to compress the internet, basically, you just hide everything that's behind something else. Right, yeah. So Ripe made this map, and then Gleb Namenko and Mr. Rybarczyk they mapped out the bottlenecks, Correct. which is not four gigabytes, which is a much smaller file. Yeah, I think they compressed, taking it down to eight gig, uh, eight megabytes. Right, and do they update this frequently? Because you mentioned Ripe well, publishing a new map every month or so. Is this also something that's being updated? Well, or? and even that's somewhat decentralized because Ripe is pointing to 10 different, or, or I think 16 different 
organizations that are producing maps in the same format at whatever frequency they choose to. I see. So some of them do it every month. Some of them haven't done it in 10 years. Right. And are Glebnomenko and Mr. Rybarczyk also updating their bottleneck? No, they're doing nothing because they published code that you can run. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, they they made a they made software that maps out the bottlenecks. Exactly. I see. That just downloads those files, whatever the most recent version is, and processes it. Right. And then there's another script written by Peter Weiler, SIPA, and it takes that map and it compresses it down to one megabyte using some sort of bitmap magical compression. Right. And that's included into Bitcoin Core. Well, no. It Bitcoin Core can use it. But it is not included. It's one of those things where Bitcoin Core makes an improvement, but doesn't completely finish it because they want people to try it out. So the idea is in the future to include it in Bitcoin Core if there are no objections and problems with it. Okay, wait. So what's included now exactly? Right now in Bitcoin Core, it can use this file if you give it to it. Okay, so you got to separately use that software that Glebnomenko and Mr. Rybacik wrote? And the Am software I saying that SIPA wrote? Yes, to download and process it. And it's just like two commands. But the idea is, of course, that eventually that'll be in Bitcoin Core. You don't have to do anything. It'll just work. But you can use that software to check that what is it, the thing that is in Bitcoin Core is not a lie. Because you don't want the Bitcoin Core developers to lie about what the internet looks like. So it's a, it's, you know, a problem is auditability. So can you, given those original files, reproduce the same thing? Can everybody reproduce the same thing? Right. Okay, now we've done this. We've imp- implemented this we've included this in our version of bitcoin core yep and and basically what that changes is the way the buckets are organized okay so we talked about buckets right we, you look at an ip address and you take the first two numbers and you try to make it you try to m- make sure the buckets all have different of these prefixes and the only difference is now you do that with these autonomous systems but not just with the autonomous systems but with the ones that we've said only indonesia rather than we don't consider Indonesia, Australia, and New Zealand separate. We we only consider Indonesia, and we keep that diverse. So right. you have a diverse set of things that are not behind something else. Yes, so this makes even this evil Indonesian random genius unable to launch eclipse attacks on us because we're connecting to different parts of the internet behind different bottlenecks. I would not say unable, but it's at least it's another like pain. We're, make, we're making his life harder and harder. Yes, we are. But we're not making it impossible. And, and for that, I think you would need an even more sophisticated map of the internet and like making sure that you're not, your eight buckets are not still behind. Your eight connections are still not you know behind the same thing. Right, so what's this solution called? Ass map. And this was included in the last version of Bitcoin Core. Yeah, the ability to use a map has been included in the last version. And I guess in some future, it'll just work. And it's still a work in progress. It's being developed further and further. I mean, you know, SIPA is very busy with Taproot and stuff. So I'm not sure about the progress, but in, yeah. SIPA can work on several things at once. He can, yeah. And probably literally at once. I mean, with like several laptops and, and do, his, doing it all. And his clones. <laughs> Yes. Exactly. But everybody can contribute on that stuff, right? And we're contributing by explaining it. That's that's being generous, sure. <laughs> I, I like to be generous to myself. Okay, well, it's clear to me. Okay, excellent. Th- did this cover the paper by the Singaporean Japanese Yeah, I think researchers? so. Because they said it was hard to solve and it's been solved. Nice. All right. So thank you for listening to the Van Weird, I'm sure, NATO. There you go. 